you are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. is good. I want to share with you today, uh, we started a new series, um, Discover Jesus, Life in His Name. Last week was, um, I am the resurrection and the life, and how many know He is? He not only was, but He is, and, and because He loved us, because He was crucified for our sins, because He was raised in power from God, by God, uh, He said, because I live, you can live also. Uh, whoever, whoever, even though he's dead, uh, spiritually dead, if he believes in me, uh, he will have new life. I'm the resurrection and the life. Today, I want to share with you from God's Word the life that's in the name of Jesus. And we're going to go directly to John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. The, the book of John was written so that we might believe, and I want to encourage you, whether you are seeking the Lord, whether you have recently given your life, trusted in Him and His name, or you have been following Jesus for a long, long time, as you read the book of John, there's 21 uh, chapters. Uh, you can read a chapter a day in three weeks. You can read through that entire book, and you will be surprised as we open ourselves up to the Lord, how He will increase your faith, how will He increase your believing in Him. And so John wrote this, So then many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. And here's how this worked. The book of John reveals and explains God through Jesus' life so that we can believe in Jesus. Believe is powerful. The main tool of the enemy is unbelief. He comes to snatch away. But belief is the key that opens the door of heaven, that opens Jesus' touch in our life. And so what John said, that as we believe in his name, as we read the book of John, as we listen to what he says, what others say about him, as we see his miracles, as we see his purpose, as we understand why he came, we have the confidence to believe in. Believe in means to have trust, to rely in, to put our faith in. And what happens when that occurs is that Jesus will quicken, quicken you. He will quicken you. It's a spiritual thing that happens, not anything that we can do by knowing about Jesus, 
but we will literally experience the Lord. The main idea today is that true life is found in believing in Jesus. In fact, Paul the Apostle wrote that the things that we see are only temporal, but it's the unseen things that Jesus provides are eternal and that you and I can have eternal life. Um, so how can we know a person? Or what, what, is the, what is one of the ways that we can know or we can know about ourselves? For example, and there's, a, there's a, uh, a graphic I want to put up. This is a classic thing. It's called Jahari Window. How many have ever heard of or seen Jahari Window? Okay. I'm not going to go to long, big teaching on this this morning. But here's how it works. With everybody in this room, what you know to self and what you know to others is what you it's called open, or what your public self is. How many are glad for a public self that you can look, feel, and act differently once you get to church than when you're trying to get all the kids shoved in the van? How many know what I'm talking about? All right. Yeah. And so uh, I, was, I was relieved. My wife and I, between services, she came into my study, and I was just looking over some things, and we had a husband and wife exchange, nothing bad. It suddenly occurred to me, though, is my microphone off? <laughs> I don't want this known publicly, right? Wasn't anything bad, no, no. But I just don't want it. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so everyone has an open self, a public self. We also have a hidden self, the mask. Everyone has a mask on of things that they don't want anyone else to know. By the way, the enemy of our soul specializes in the hidden things and the dark things. How many understand that? Yes. Jesus is the light of the world, and he'll come and he'll bring those things to light, give us life. But there's also, on the upper right-hand side, not known to self. That's our blind spots. I'm going to ask a question, then I'm going to... How many know you have blind spots? How many know what they are? All right, that's because someone told you. There's no way to know your blind spots unless someone has told you what those blind spots are. But they're not known to us, but they're known to others. But then there's the unknown. That's what's not known to us and not known to others. It's really important to have people in our lives that love us for who we are and that reassure us and affirm us that even though they don't know things about us, there's things they don't know about, they believe in us. How many have someone like that in your life? They believe in you. Jesus believes in you, praise God, when no one else does. So uh, these are. this is just sort of a, I hate to use the word secular, but the, these are... All truth comes from God, and if we chase it back, uh, you'll see that all truth comes from God. Now, so how can we know about Jesus and believe in Him? His words, what He said, what other people said, His, his signs, His miracles, His passions, His I am's, what He said about Himself, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you hang around someone long enough, if you listen to them, if they let down their guard, They'll begin to speak out of the abundance of their heart. And you can tell something about that person, the ups, the downs, etc. Um, we, we have a, um, 
we have an acquaintance that uh, lives fairly close to us, and for some reason, um, I don't. For some reason, this individual has just sort of set his heart against us. So for ten, almost eleven years now, when we see him, we say, "Hi, how are you?" He just. I mean, we can be close, and but what for whatever reason, we're not sure what that's about. But here's the thing. So the other day, Chris and I were walking. We saw him. How you doing? And there's a miracle of miracles. The individual, we said hi, and he went hi. We surprised him. He said hi. So he said, "Oh, hi. How you doing?" You know, turn the. So the next day, I was walking. We came around, and his wife. I'm just glad opposites attract, right? His wife's, I've never met her. I think my wife has. I come down, here's it. I mean, she's smiling. And I said, hi, how are you? I'm your neighbor, Paul. She said, I know. She said, I'm so-and-so. And I mean, I'm just, oh boy, I just feel good, right? And I said, how are you doing? She said, I'm fit as a fiddle. And they're about 10, 12 years older than we are. Uh, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, and so... We can tell something by how someone reacts and what they speak. The first thing I want to share with us today is, is that we are known and Jesus is known by what others say, what they said about him. I want to direct you to the John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Word is logos. It was a Greek term for equal with God, ultimate, ultimate reason, power, authority. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So John is saying that Jesus is the creator of all things. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. He's declaring that in Jesus Christ, who is the light, there is life, and it's the light of humanity. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light of Jesus Christ shines in the darkness. So in the beginning... The Word was with God, and the Word was God, equal. He was the creator of all things. In Him is life. He is true life. He is the light of the world. In the first few chapters of John, the disciples, and they didn't know Him. They, they, the first couple of chapters of John is when Jesus begins to have men follow Him and to become disciples of His for three to three and a half years. And they have this revelation because they experienced Jesus in, in the present right there. And they called him the Lamb of God, the Son of God, Christ the Messiah. Later on, he would be the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Jesus would say in John seven times, I am. I, capital I, capital A, capital M. That is the same term that was reserved for God. You remember at Moses of the burning bush? How many remember Moses of the burning bush? He's on the backside of the desert. Forty years he had, he had killed an Egyptian out of zeal for his people. He's in the backside of the desert. He's wandering there. 
just tending sheep, and all of a sudden this bush catches on fire, and Moses is wondering, what, what, what is this? I, I'd wonder too, how about you? And a voice out of heaven said, uh, take off your shoes because you're on holy ground, and Moses is thinking, who is this? And God said, I am that I am. That's only reserved for God. So when Jesus in John declares, I am the bread of life, I am the true vine, I am the truth, the life, the way. When he declared these seven I am's, what he was saying that I am equal with God and some of the religious people that were the uh, hypocritical people really got upset with him and in fact they conspired to kill him. That's, that's what happens in the book of John because he was claiming to be equal with God. But what did God say about Jesus? Anyone interested in what God had to say about Jesus? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. John heard it and the crowd was there. God spoke from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But he's also known. So you can believe this morning when you believe. When you believe. And you come into a situation, we can say, Jesus, I believe that all things come into existence through you. Nothing that was made is made unless it came through you, that you are the Son of God. Lord, that you are in the beginning, your world without end. He's also known by his purpose. John 1, verses 12 and 18 but as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the power to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. And so his purpose, we know somebody by their purpose, what they're about in life. His purpose was to come and to explain God to people who were far away and even those who were close to Him, but they were unfamiliar really with what God was all about. He came to explain the mystery of God and it came from this intimate relationship of God. So the other night, Friday, Friday um, most afternoons, our uh, daughters and grandkids come. Friday afternoon. How many think that's a blessing for God? That's wonderful. Yes, wonderful. And uh, they, they, quite frankly, wear me out. I'm glad at night when they shush out the door, you know. But we feed them pizza, whatever else they want, you know, and just have a great time with them. Um, uh, our one grandson, because school is virtual and they show up about one o'clock in the afternoon, they do their homework there, etc. But we got talking about things that experiences when our daughters were little. Some of our camping experiences. How many have ever gone camping? You've gone camp, yeah. How about with family? What, how about that, all right? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it's always more enjoyable afterwards, okay? So, uh, so my wife and I have this idea of what camping, you know, what it was really like. And we had these daughters telling us from their perspective what it was different than our experience, wasn't it? Yeah, but uh, no harm, no foul. We're, we're all healthy in spite of it. So Jesus came 
to reveal God, but He also came to make a way for you and you and you and you, everyone here in this room, everyone with us online, everyone in the world, came to make a way for us to, to God. And so John said, here's the deal. He'd go on to talk about the cross and how Jesus was crucified or resurrected. But he uses a word here, exousia, means out of him. He gives the power and the right to everyone this morning who believe in the name of Jesus, the power and the right to become a child of God. Can someone say, thank you, Lord? Yes, yes. But it means even more than that. The word literally means the power and the right to become the children of God, but also the authority to act as the children of God. Can someone say, praise God? Wow. God wants us to believe and experience Jesus so that we can act in His authority and His power. You say, Pastor Paul, what does that mean? Well, first of all, how many know that God has no children that He calls victims? How many know that? That we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. So when there's an issue that faces us, we can believe in Jesus' name. And we can say, Lord, as Your child, in this situation, I believe this is your will, and I believe this, and I am trusting you, I'm relying in it, I'm placing my faith in you, and Lord, not only that, I'm not only believing in you, but I am doing away with unbelief, and I am saying that I believe that you're my Savior, you're my healer, you're the one who delivers us, you're the one who sets us free. How many... How many praise God for that? Yes. Because the main tool of the enemy is unbelief. What Jesus wants to do in your life and my life comes through believing in Him. And as we believe, as we believe in Him, then we experience, we experience Him and He brings this quickening belief to our life. And we'll unpack this in just a little bit. The third thing is that Jesus can be known by his miracles. Miracles are signs. There's seven I am's of the book of John, but there's also seven signs. I didn't know if you're aware of that. It's interesting. So I encourage you to read the book of John. Read a book a day, just a chapter a day. But every time you see the word believe, circle it, or believing, or they believed, it's, over, it's almost 300 times in the book of John it's that word is found in the New Testament, but a half of the time it occurs in the book of John. One, one out of, uh, I believe it's uh, six, uh, 13 uh, books, over half of them are found in the book of John. And it, the book is written so that we might believe. But he's known by his miracles. They reveal who he is. They're signs to us. So uh, let's go to uh, chapter, John chapter 2. And this is his first miracle that Jesus did. It's absolutely phenomenal. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. 
and both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And let's go on to, the mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. And Ray will go on to the next few verses. When the head waiter tasted the water which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, every man serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. The beginning of his signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee manifested his glory and his disciples believed. See, it there it is again. They believed in him because of this sign. It was a large wedding. His mother was there. Joseph was not there. A lot of scholars think that Joseph had died, died at a relatively early age. So she sees Jesus come. He had some of his disciples. And she pulled what I call a reverse child deal. And let me explain this. She, said, she just said to Jesus, it's, the wine has run out. Now, our grandkids on Fridays, this is how it works. Our four-year-old. I need someone to play with me. So, why does he do that? Because well, he knows one of us is going to leap into action. There's food, there's snacks, everything's out. I'm hungry. There's a refrigerator, there's the hummus, there's the carrots, there's the grapes. That really means, would you get a plate for me? So the mother, Jesus' mother comes and says, the wine has run out. And Jesus says, what's that have to do with me? And sometimes we say that, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're hungry, so what? You know, like, we want them to, you know, we don't want to be their servants. How many know what I'm talking about? So then she said this. She said, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. All the vessels of wine were empty and there were six or so water pots that was used for the Jewish uh, purification. Filled 20 to 30 gallons. How many know there's a minimum of 120 gallons to 180 gallons? How many know that? that that's a lot. That's a lot. Jesus told them, fill them up with water. They filled him up with water at his command. And then Jesus said this. He said, now go ahead and draw. And when they took out, they couldn't believe it. The water had turned into wine. Now please know, Jesus is not condoning drunkenness. How many understand that? He would not, in fact, that was just condemned. But he was, he was part of, the, of a wedding, of life that was there, and Jesus cares about you, and he cares about me. 
our everyday things, about every hair that falls from our head. And he did this first miracle at the wedding of Cana of Galilee because this is life and that God has instituted marriage. And, and he said, pour it here. And this is how this works. Jesus, when we've reached the end of our resources and we don't know what to do, if we bring something to Him, if we believe in Him, even if it's our unbelief, just notice this, if we believe our unbelief or our sorrow, our anxieties, our worry, and we say, Lord Jesus, I need this, but if we will not only say, I need this, but I believe, I believe in you, it's at that moment that Jesus is able to touch us. I was a young uh, college uh, ministry student at Southeastern University. I was, I was born in northern Maine and, and then grew up in Pennsylvania. How many know, uh, I mean, back in the mid-early 70s, the Yankees and the Southerners were two different type of people. How many know that? But I just, I wanted to go there. There were some different, I felt the Lord spoke to me, and there's different reasons for, for that. And I went there, but I was into this thing just two or three weeks, and I was discouraged. I was far from home. I didn't speak the language. You said, what do you mean they spoke English? It's Southern English. I grew up when they'd talk about driving the car down the road. Let's drive the car down the road. Route, route 33 would be route, route 33. It was just the way it was. I grew up a different food. I never heard of grits. The only thing I knew of grit, you grit your teeth. But they had grits every morning. They had okra, slimy okra. They had a thing called boiled peanuts. I couldn't figure that one out. We, peanuts, you crack those things. You eat peanuts. How many understand that? Boiled peanuts. What are you doing with that slimy stuff? The milk tasted different. The language was different. They all had friends. There was very few of us from the north except my wonderful fiancé, wife-to-be, and I didn't even know her. I was discouraged. I'm going to tell you. I had already been on a track at Penn State. I was two years into a science program that, that I, I, this is what I wanted to do with my life. And God asked me to go in the ministry. I was so glad to do it. But I started having second thoughts. Far from home, discouraged. But the enemy uses unbelief. So what I did... I came to Jesus. I went to a special meeting. How many like special meetings? Yeah. And I heard that night the man preached about Jesus turning the water into wine and whoever needs the Lord to touch you and change some things in your life, come. And I went to that altar and the Lord Jesus Christ touched me because I believed in Him. Praise His name. Amen. The doubts were replaced with with delight in the Lord. The, the, the cares were, were replaced by courage in the Lord. The, the anxiety, the concerns, the wanting to quit, the wanting to go home, the wanting, did I make the wrong choice when I 
brought this empty vessel to the Lord and let him pour in and touch me, I come up from that altar a different young man, praise God. And I've never looked back, praise God. Yes. That's the power of believing. Unbelief the devil uses will turn you into a cynic. You won't trust anybody. You think everyone has an agenda. You think everyone's against you. They don't understand you. When we believe in Jesus, we experience a quickening in life that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, that we understand, yes, He is in control. Yes, the purposes of God will be realized in this world. Yes, He is the righteous one. Yes, He will bring justice. Yes, He will bring mercy. We believe that Him, rather than the unbelief of the devil who will drive you far from God. Praise God. Amen. So today, Jesus is still the same. He wants to replace that unbelief that gnaws at your heart that covers everything that you see. And it only, in fact, unbelief will only take you to the cross. It's belief in Jesus that will allow us to experience the resurrection power in our life that the enemy does not want you and me to have. Can you say amen? Amen. Yes. He's known by his passion. When he cleansed the temple, John 2, 13, 13 and 16. The Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves. I want the band to come if you would. Thanks, Josh and team. And the money changers sitting at their tables. And he made a scourge of cords and drove them all over the temple with the sheep and the oxen. In other words, he's going wild. He's going crazy. He doesn't care. He poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. It's not a place, what he was saying, that God's house... The other gospel, one of the other ones says, it'll be a house of prayer for all people to do God's business. If you with us, put in the comments, all people. God's an inclusive God. But the business of our Father's house is to bring righteousness and judgment and belief and love and salvation to this world for everybody. What he was saying, it's not a place for personal or selfish gain or interest. Sometimes people go to church so they can have it on their resume. They serve, volunteer, and something, have it on their resume. Thank God you're serving. But God wants us to know, Jesus wants us to know that it's about a relationship with Him, not just religion. Religion always serves self. Believing in Jesus brings life. The fifth thing is that we, he's known best by experiencing him, John 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. 
He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He's known best by experiencing him. Then, Ray, verse 17, if we could, just that one. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Born again. What happens when we believe in Jesus? We can be born again. When that first baby that we had, that dear little Kendra, I was Chris's coach. After a while, I think it's like, stop. Doctors gathered around, they're videotaping it. You remember that? Yeah, they had nurses at a teaching hospital. And I'm telling her, breathe, mom, breathe. After a while, she didn't listen to me. But I'm telling you, that baby was born. When that baby was born, I looked at that, I cut that umbilical cord. She cried, you know. They're all dark and slimy and all that stuff on her head, you know. I looked at that baby and they handed her to Chris. Hey, I walked out of that room. My chest was stuck out like this. And I had this feeling this is the most perfect thing I've ever done. But that baby that we had prayed for, that we had hoped nine months in that womb, it had to be born again to experience life. And Jesus offers to you and to me that we can be born again so we can see the kingdom of God and experience what God has for us. Without that, we're just dependent on our environment. But He has life for you and He has life for me. Praise His name. This past week, I was, I was called. I got a, a, an urgent call. And I said, Pastor Paul, would you pray for my daughter and her fiance? They both have COVID and he's battling for his life. She says, I know you're probably not allowed to go in. I called the head chaplain. I said, Alan, this is Paul. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. You know why I know? Because you all, we have knitted together and they've donated a couple thousands of things of there's been prayer shawls and we provided meals for the COVID workers. It costs eight hundred to a thousand dollars a pop, but how many think it's worth it? Yeah, yeah, we did it for I don't know, six, eight weeks, something like that, when they needed it. And he said, Let me see, and we got permission. The next thing you know, I was ushered into the presence and I go in, there's a man fighting for his life, his fiance. And she said to him, Have you ever prayed the sinner's prayer? He said, I have no idea what this is about. He could, you know, he was laying face down. I got on both hands, both knees, and I prayed. I talked with him. And I led on a sinner's prayer and come to find out she was saying it too. Listen, the Lord saved both of them in that moment, just like that. Can you say praise God? Yes. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about being born again. Her mom has called me. She has come. This one has called me. How can I pray? I said, this is what you do. You pray for your fiancé. You've given your life to Jesus. It's 
you pray, you believe in Jesus, and you give to him your, your fiance and say, Lord, I'm claiming a prayer, a believing prayer. I rebuke unbelief in Jesus' name, and I'm standing on the promises of God. Can someone say amen? Now you might say, oh, Pastor Paul, but what if you pray that way and they don't get healed? This is what I know. Our part is to believe. Can someone say amen? That's God's business is what he does with the rest of it. And what I know is when we believe, it strengthens our faith. You can listen to the cynics and the enemy who will steal your joy and, and give unbelief to you. you can, we can believe Jesus. Praise his name. Amen. And you can experience the life that Jesus came to die and be resurrected for because he loves you and me. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Praise his name. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes right now. First of all, first of all, if you want to receive Jesus Christ and be born again as your Lord and Savior this morning, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to have the prayer teams come. Prayer teams, if you'd come quickly. If you want to receive Jesus Christ this morning and believe and have him touch your life and be born again to experience him and all that he has you. You raise your hand on the count of three. You ready? One, two, three. Just raise your hand right now. Yes, I see that hand. See that hand. Yes, I see that hand. There are others this morning. I want to believe. I want to believe. And what we're going to ask you to do, the next thing is this. Church, if you're here this morning, we're going to spend a few moments experiencing Jesus if you have something that you need Jesus to touch in your life, I'm going to ask you to do this. Just lift your hand right now, and I'll give you some instructions. Just lift your hand. Yes, I need Jesus to change something in my life. I need him to experience something in my life. If you, if you will believe in him, those doubts, those worries, what, that lack of provision, whatever it is, that healing, and believe in him, he will quicken you to believe and have faith and to experience Jesus. Praise his name. Amen. Stand with me right now. Praise God. Stand with me. We're going to sing. Josh and the team are going to lead us. I want to spend just a few moments. We're going to sing God is good. Would you reach out to the Lord right where you are? And then if you've raised your hand this morning for salvation or anything else, would you come to one of the prayer teams that are here, my right or my left? They'll pray with you. And church, would you just experience, Lord, right now, say, God, you are good. Online, would you do the same with me? Let's sing this and worship the Lord together. Receive his goodness in your life. Praise God.